All right, welcome everybody to reInvent. I hope you have had a great day. I thank you for walking over from the Venetian. I know some of you were excited because you got your steps in, so that's great. <laughs> um, thank you for being here. I hope you're excited about the upcoming week and the sessions that we have and to connect with others who are using AWS. I know I'm excited to connect with you over the next week. So if I had to guess, I would say that most of you in the audience have written an IAM policy. And as you move more of your workloads to AWS, you will have more policies. More policies attached to users and more policies to grant access to your applications. And as you get more of them, they're going to be harder to manage. So you probably ask yourself the question, well, who can actually do this powerful action? Who can delete instances? Who can open up buckets? And you'll want to know that answer. And maybe you have an Alice and Bob in your organization that are very trusted individuals. They, they check their command, triple check it, they know exactly what they're running, they know exactly what they're doing. Then you may have a Casey. Casey can be a little careless. Maybe he logs on to, you know, the AWS console after a night out on the town playing blackjack and who knows what else. And you want to make sure Casey can't do anything that's too powerful. Ideally, you would want a list that looks like this. A list of all your users, your roles, and are they compliant based on parameters and rules that you've set up for your organization? So if I do my job correctly today, in the next 60 minutes, you will know when and why to validate your policies. What makes sense? And this could be customized for your organization. You'll learn the tools available for your policy validation. We'll go through three common scenarios. These are three scenarios that I've heard from customers. However, I know there are a bunch more. So I want you to be thinking about what you would validate, what you would go and check that you want to make sure people don't have too much access, or on the flip side, something has the right amount of access to AWS resources. And of course, you all love demos, so we'll get a little bit nerdy up in here, and we'll look at some code, and we'll look at some demos using config, Lambda, SNS. All right, first, a quick policy review. It's going to be quick. I do assume that you know what a policy is and that you've kind of played around with it. If not, um, you can take these, this theory back and kind of triple check on it. So what is a policy? A policy grants access to your what a user can do and what resources they can do, what resource they can do on them in your AWS account. It's access control. They are JSON formatted documents. When I first took on this role, my mother thought I had a new best friend named Jason. Turns out that was not the case. But if you look at the policy on the right, you will see that this is a single statement. It's a simple allow. It's allowing the action of S3 get, so maybe get object, and then list, list all my buckets. Those actions are allowed on all buckets, resources star. So that's what a, a fairly simple policy looks like. I want to call your attention to two types of policies. First, 
we have the identity-based policies. These policies are attached to your users, groups, and roles in your AWS account. This determines what the users can do. On the flip side, we have resource-based policies. They are attached to the resource themselves. If you've used S3, you may be familiar with an S3 bucket policy. These resource-based policies are there for specific use cases. For example, you can use an S3 bucket policy, put principal as star, and open that policy up to the world. Make it public. I want you to keep in mind these two different types of policies, because as we go down our path of validation, we're going to have to bring them both into play. All right, policy structure, very quickly. Principle, this is the entity that you are allowing or denying access to. Keep in mind, the principal element of a policy is only required for identity-based, or for resource-based policies. For identity-based policies, the policy is attached to the principal, and therefore you don't need to specify it. The po policy goes along with the principal as it makes calls in AWS. Next, we have the action. This is the service and the action that you are granting access to. So this could be IAM as the service, put user policy, put role policy, whatever it is. There are a lot of actions in AWS. <laughs> I'm sure you're all very familiar with a very long list. Next is the resource. Which object are you actually performing the action on? So if you're performing get object in S3, then maybe you're performing on a specific bucket. If you're putting a role policy, maybe you're putting that on a specific role. And finally, if you choose, you can add a condition. So there are several conditions that you can add across all of our services. And based on the permission you have, you can have a different condition. So for example, you may want to add additional authentication for a certain powerful action in AWS. This is MFA. You can make sure it's required. My team and I like to joke about other conditions we would ideally like to add. One that we came up with not too uh, long ago was, it would be really nice if we could you know, set a condition on, you can't do this if you're above a certain pay grade. Nobody wants their VP making uh, changes in AWS. And my developers would probably say they, prob they don't want the PM making it as well. Okay, scenarios. When should you validate these policies? So turns out that there are some powerful actions in AWS. And as you move your critical workloads to the clouds and you run your business applications in AWS, these actions become more and more powerful. Three examples that come to mind. First, I am put user policy, put role policy, put group policy. This allows individuals or anybody with this permission the ability to change other permissions. This can be very powerful. This can open up access. This can deny access. So maybe you have an application running and some access gets revoked. That application may fail. Next, S3 put bucket policy. A lot of people give S3 star. It includes this permission. This permission allows individuals to put a bucket policy 
on a specific bucket, they could enter the principal as star, and your, your bucket would then be open to the world. It would be public. Now, if you have, I don't know, all your great ideas in an S3 bucket, probably don't want that to happen. If you have um, maybe HR data with social security numbers and how much people make, you probably don't want that to be open to the world. So we're going to check and make sure who can do that. Next is KMS Decrypt. This allows any individual with this permission to decrypt in ciphertext. So you want to make sure that only certain applications or users can do that. So in addition to some powerful actions, there's also critical resources, your critical resources, which are in AWS. So I already talked about S3 buckets. They have sensitive information. You can also have EC2 instances that runs a, bit, a critical business application. Think about, I don't know, maybe you have a, a couple instances that run payroll. And Casey logs on after a, a long night out on Vegas, and, well, he accidentally deletes those instances. Probably not good. I don't know about you, but I like getting paid. So let's make sure those applications are up and running. And I'm sure you can think of many more. And I want you to be thinking about this, because the framework we're going to go through today can be customized to meet your needs for your organizations. I was talking to some people out in the audience, and a lot of them are DevOps, security, which is great, because this, what we're going to go through, you can modify it to whatever you need. These are the three scenarios that we're going to talk through today. But these are only three. I'm sure there are plenty more. So once again, come up with ideas that meet your needs. First, we will validate who can call powerful actions. The powerful actions I mentioned in the slide before. I am put role policy, S3 put bucket policy. Then we'll talk about who's allowed to access a critical resource. We're going to use an S3 bucket as an example. It could be any resource. And finally, I hear a lot from customers. We only want to be able, we only want our developers to launch instances in a certain region. And so we'll talk about um, how to validate making sure that nobody can launch instances in a restricted region. Okay, so now we have our scenarios. We know why we need to validate. I know all of you have a lot of policies that you need to manage, and it takes time and effort. So how do you actually validate? Well, one option is you could, potentially speaking, go to the console, click on every single user, click on every single policy, read them, and manually parse them. I would then call you a superhuman. And I don't want you to do that. As a product manager for IAM, I don't want you to do that. That's too much work for you. Please don't do that. So, second option, also a manual option, you could go to the policy simulator. Nice and easy, you select Casey, you select OK, identity and access management, you select the actions, put role policy, you say, can Casey do this? All right, I'm gonna run the simulation, and yes, Casey's allowed to do that. I should probably go and fix that. Still, a lot of clicks. Like, I'm still clicking. It's way too many. I don't want you to have to do that many clicks. Okay, well, you're in luck. 
Two APIs for you to use. This will help you validate your policies. First API, simulate principal policy. Pass in a, uh, a principal. We're going to pass in Casey. Pass in some action names, some resources, maybe some context around when this situation would happen, and you'll get an answer. Is Casey allowed or denied? Next, simulate custom policy. Two ways that you can use this API. One is you can actually simulate a managed policy. So a single policy that can be attached to multiple entities, you can pass that policy in and determine does this policy grant access to a action or to a specific resource. You can also use this before you attach a policy to a user and determine what is this policy going to do. We're going to use both, both of these APIs today. All right, let's, let's look at the inputs and outputs. So simulate principal policy. This is the main one we're going to use in our solution. The inputs that I want to call your attention to. First, policy source ARN. This is basically the ARN of Casey, the username group or role that you want to simulate. It will go and fetch all the policies attached to Casey and use those policies for simulation. ARN is Amazon resource name if you're not familiar, but I assume you all have written policies that have included lots of ARNs. So. Next is policy input list. If you want to test additional policies, you can do that. Action names. This would be our IM put role policy. Resource ARN, star by default, but you could pass in a specific ARN. Can Casey put a policy on a specific role? And then the next one I want to call your attention to is the context entries. So if you've provided a condition, remember I talked about the MFA condition, or maybe you want to put a condition on a region, well, you need to provide that context to the simulation. All right, so you've got all your information, and you passed it into simulate principal policy. Now you get an output. So you'll get a list, one per action that you pass in. Yes, you can pass in multiple actions. And you'll get an answer back for each one. You get three options. First is allowed. This means somewhere in your AWS account, you have attached an allow policy or written an allow policy that grants Casey access to IAM put role policy. Next, explicit deny. This means that somewhere in your account, you have written a deny policy that denies Casey access to put role policy or whatever you want to look at. And finally, implicit deny. I don't know if you're all aware, you probably are, but I am denies by default. That means that if there is no allow policy, a user group or role will not have any permissions. So if that's the case of what you're simulating, you'll get an implicit deny. All right, let's take a look at what this looks like. We're going to run this command. We have our user arm Casey, and we have our action powerful action put user policy. So I'm just going to show you what you get back from the, hopefully you all can see that. It's tiny. So we'll run this command here. I have the CLI set up um, as a user who's allowed to. And you can actually see, hopefully, it's tiny, I know, um, 
that put role policy is allowed on all objects. And oddly enough, you actually get the policy that's granting this access. So if I were to go to Casey's user page, I would actually see that um, I am full access is allowed. All right, don't worry, I'm not gonna make you run all the commands on the command line. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about automation in a second. Okay, next, oh, there we go. So as you can see, I blew it up a little bit here to make it bigger for you. It's allowed. And as Winnie the Pooh would say, oh bother, we don't want Casey to be able to do that, so we're gonna go and have to fix that. Casey's my brother, by the way. I like to make fun of him whenever I can. And I do apologize if anybody in the audience is named Casey. It's not a personal attack, I promise. All right, so next one, I just wanna call out one difference for custom policy. Instead of passing in a source arm, so before we passed in Casey, we're just gonna pass in the policy document itself. Remember my friend Jason, or Jason, whatever. <laughs> That's what we're gonna pass in in this instance. So we'll go through both of those scenarios. All right, quick recap before we get into the fun stuff. So we had a quick policy refresher. Hopefully many of you kind of got the gist of what you needed to know. We went through our scenarios so remember our powerful actions, critical resources, and restricted regions. And then we had our policy simulator APIs. So I hope your brain is spinning right now, like, okay, I know what I need to test, and I know the tools to be able to do it. But the question you should be asking yourself is, how do we automate? Well, luckily enough for you, or how do you get this list? But luckily enough for you, AWS has services for automation. So we're gonna pull in three services to help us out. Everybody's favorite, AWS Lambda. Give a shout out. Um, <laughs> wow, I got some woos. Um, then we'll, we'll actually use config to trigger our Lambda functions. Config, config rules, basically anytime something has changed, it will trigger Lambda. And then SNS will notify you. So if you're, you know, maybe later tonight at the blackjack table, even though you can't use your phone at a blackjack table, and you get a notification that says Casey went from compliant to non-compliant, maybe you should go and fix that. Okay, so how do these two solutions for validation? First is periodic audit. I have heard use cases where people just want to check every 24 hours, every six hours, once a week. Make sure all the permissions are where they're supposed to be. So that's one option. The option we're gonna go through today is based off of a configuration change. So when a policy is attached, when a policy is modified, when a user is added or deleted, it will trigger the Lambda function that does all of our magic simulation and validation. Here's how everything's gonna talk together. First, we'll have AWS config rules. These rules will trigger Lambda when something changes. So, config talks to Lambda. Lambda will have all of our magic. And don't you worry, I'm gonna show you the code. We're gonna dive deep into it. Lambda does the magic. It determines 
if a resource is compliant or not based on your specifications. Coolest part about this is, number one, you don't need a server. You can just use Lambda. You don't have to launch an EC2 instance. I know the word serverless is very popular at this conference, um, and so we're going to go serverless. And two, you can customize it to be anything that you need for your organization. So AWS will talk back to Lambda, or Lambda will talk back to config, and set. that's where you'll get that beautiful chart that we had before, and then config will talk to SNS, and that's where you'll get an email notification when you're out tonight uh, having some fun in Vegas. All right, we have three scenarios. We are going to use three config rules to support them. We will have one config rule for powerful actions, We'll have one config rule for critical resources, and we will have one uh, config rule for restricted regions. To match those config rules, we will also have three lambda functions. So it's a one-to-one -one mapping. So one lambda function that will go in and simulate all your powerful actions, another lambda function that will go in and simulate, does this person or entity have access to critical resources? and another one that talks about restricted regions. And then finally, we'll have one SNS topic that people, that you can subscribe to um, and get your email notification that KC is non-compliant anymore. This is what the SNS notification looks like. It pops up in your inbox, it says, oh look, KC is now non-compliant. That's not good. He used to be compliant. So probably something you want to react to. Okay, let's dive into our Lambda function. Who's written the Lambda function in the audience? Oh, that's what I like to see. That's a lot of hands. It's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, anyway. All right, so here are the core elements of the Lambda function. First are the inputs. You need your IAM resource. Is it a user? Is it a group? Is it a role? Then you need the related resources. If it happens to be an AWS managed policy, then you need to go and get all the related resources. That means everything that's attached to it. The users, the groups, and roles that are attached to that policy. And finally, remember those resource-based policies that we are talking about? If you're simulating access to a resource, that has a resource-based policy, you'll need to input that into the simulation as well. Next, we'll do our validation. This is where those two wonderful APIs come into play. And then finally, you'll have your outputs. So that would be your IAM resource, and then next, is it compliant or not? So that's high level. Let's go one more level down. What does the evaluation logic look like? You're probably thinking, well, don't you just simulate? That could be true, but let's get sophisticated. If it is a user or role, a simple principle, you simulate the principle and return back to config. No big deal. If it is a group, you can simulate the principle to determine if the group has permission to powerful actions. However, when you change permissions on a group, 
You probably also know that you change permissions to any user in that group. So we'll get the user for in that group and we'll go back and re-simulate that. All right, next level. Manage policy. We can simulate the policy to determine is the policy compliant or not itself and send the result. But for each attached entity, you have to go and back and simulate. So if that policy gets modified, you have to go, that's attached to a group, then you go and you check the group. Same thing with user or role. All right, so this is where we get into the code. So I'm gonna give you a little nerd alert. If you don't wanna look at code, then maybe you, you wanna hop on AWS, play around, tweet about how much money you won in blackjack last night. I won, I lost $100. I won the night before though, so I'm like really close. Um, but yes, we're going into code. First, Lambda function. We'll spend the most time on this one, and then we'll demo, because everybody loves demos. Okay, here are the inputs. Now I wrote this in Python. I wanted to write it in Perl just to make my developers angry, but that didn't happen. Everyone's like groaning, like, oh, Perl. Um, okay, so here are the inputs. First, you need your powerful actions. So we're gonna call out put role policy and put bucket policy. This list can be as long as you need it to be. So whatever you wanna simulate, you go simulate that access. And here's everything that we need for simulation. All of our, our resource names, our ARNs, everything. This will help with logging as well as uh, putting back the information to config. All right. Simulate. That's where we call our function. Simulate principal policy. As you notice, we're passing in the policy source ARN the action names, which are powerful actions, and then we're leaving the resource name, uh, the resource as default of star. When you get back the list, we'll go through each list and we'll evaluate. If any of those actions are allowed, we're gonna set a flag. And that flag will tell config if the resource is compliant or not. And that's how you get that beautiful chart that config has. Next one, remember when I talked about simulate custom policy and you have to get the policy? Well, here it is for manage policies. You will go and get the policy ARN, then you'll get the default version, which version is being used by the entities that are attached to it, and then you'll get the policy document itself. That is what we will pass in to simulate custom policy. This will determine if the policy is compliant or not, if it grants access to powerful actions. There's the call right there. We pass in a policy document, our best friend, JSON. Okay, same evaluation logic at the end. Same thing. Okay, this is cool. I didn't know this until I started writing this, but with config, you can actually put evaluations for more than the entity that it's validating. So config triggers off of a change to an entity. Well, it turns out you can do whatever you want in Lambda and go check anything and put evaluations to anything. So in our manage policy case, 
you can check the manage policy, send the evaluation back to config. Go check the user, go check the role, check the group that it's attached to, and send it back to config. And that's how you do it. You call config put evaluations. So that's how we wrap everything up. All right, we're about ready to demo, but before we do that, we need one more thing. I'm giving you all a hot second to think about what that one thing is. Oh, we have three support functions. Really quickly, get users for group, simulate group, and evaluate compliance. I'm gonna show you evaluate compliance in the Lambda function itself. This actually just did all the coordination of all those yellow boxes that I showed with a bunch of arrows before. Okay, I gave you a hot minute to figure out what you need, and yes, you need a role. Lambda needs a role to run. So what permissions are we going to give that role? First, we're gonna give Lambda the ability to talk to config, put evaluations, get, get resource config history, all of that. Next, we're gonna give Lambda the ability to get IAM information. These are all essentially read APIs. So get policy, get policy version, and simulate. You cannot modify anything with these APIs. Lambda writes to CloudWatch logs, which is very convenient for your logging and debugging if you happen to have to do that. And finally, we'll do S3 get bucket policy. This will help in our second use case. All right, who's ready to demo? Oh man, I heard some woos. All right. Okay. So, first thing I have the is I'm going to create that policy. So I'm at the IAM console. Everybody loves creating policies. It's their favorite thing to do. So I'll create a policy. And since we have the JSON syntax, I'm just going to create my own policy. I will go and get, I've made this easy. Um, so I don't have to typo in front of all y'all to do this. Add a nice little description here, grants Lambda access, and then we'll copy our policy syntax. And I'll press this validate button. I was telling one of my coworkers that I was doing a, a, a talk on validating policies, like, don't you just press that button? I was like, oh dear. Um, but it's fine. I do great work. Okay. So then we'll create the policy, and we have it in our list now, uh, down here. Next, we have the policy, so next we're going to do the role. We need a Lambda role. So we're going to create a role. Let me go back to my cheat sheet here so I don't have to. If I'm going too fast, somebody just yell. So we'll give it a nice little role name here, Lambda Policy Validate. Next, we want to pick a Lambda role. Remember, we don't need an EC2 server, serverless. So pick Lambda. And look, we have our policy here that we're going to add to it. Okay. And now we create the role. Now we have the permissions that we need. It's on our list. You can also look at my other roles in my account. Next up, you can see on our slide, we're going to create the Lambda function. I want to go through the Lambda function before I create it. This is the entire doc. This will be available to you off of a public S3 bucket. Um, and we will also be trying to get it to you in other ways, um, either through documentation or blog posts. Um, 
and these slides will be available next week. So don't worry, we will get the code to you. Um, this evaluate, evaluate compliance function, this is everything that all those yellow boxes we were talking about. So you can actually see, and I don't know if you can because it is pretty small, but if it's a user role, we simulate. If it's a group, we simulate that and then actually go get the users. And then for the policy, we go through. All the other functions I showed to you on the presentation, so I'm just going to skip over that. Okay, let's create our Lambda function. So we're here at Lambda. We're going to create a function. We're going to start with a blank function because we have all the code. I'm going to hook up config later. So I am actually going to start from the config side to call the Lambda function, not hook it up from here. So I'll just do next. Give it a nice little name here. Um, powerful actions. I highly encourage you, used to do environment management, name everything appropriate. It just makes everybody's life easier. All right. Oh, we'll pick Python. Perl's not available. <laughs> I hear you all laughing. I used to, I used to do Perl back in my day. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so I pasted the code in here. It's 148 lines. Um, you can modify this code. You can add actions. You can add additional validation, whatever you want to do. All right. Remember we created that role? Oh, look, it's in our dropdown. That's convenient. And then I'm just going to increase the timeout to 30 seconds. That was based on some testing that was done. Okay, so now we have our Lambda function. Do a quick review, and we'll create the function. You cannot run this function without config. So next, we go to config. I want to walk through config settings first. So when you go to config and you have not turned it on, it will walk through how to turn it on. Um, you can do that now if you so choose. Um, but one thing to call out for this use case in particular is that you need to include global resources. It is this checkbox right here. Please don't forget that checkbox. And then there's an S3 bucket, and then I have an SNS topic. And it helped me create a role, so I have one role. Okay, so that's it set up. Then you can go to rules. I already have three set up, but we're gonna add a new role. And we're gonna add a custom rule. People thought I was crazy when I did this, but. Nope, custom rule. All right, give it a name, powerful actions, policy validation. We'll give it a nice little description, determines which users, groups, roles, and policies grant access to powerful actions. Where do you get the Lambda function ARN? Well, right here. It's on the upper right-hand corner. It's also just an R and value with the name of your function afterwards, if you keep that handy. All right, we're gonna do this based off of a configuration change. This is my favorite part. You can type in IM and then just hit enter for group, enter for policy, enter for role, and enter for user. Fairly convenient. Thank you, user experience. Okay, and we'll save. Once we hit save, it will start evaluating the resources. Um, as it's evaluating, you can also go and look at CloudWatch, and it 
the Lambda function will write to CloudWatch. And as you can see here, it started um, AWS Lambda. And you can see that it's actually running. So we'll kind of poke through some of our logs and see if we can um, find one that, there you go. Restricted action, put S3 bucket policy was granted to administrator, Alice, Bob, Jeff. Those all make sense. It was a group and three users in that group. And as you can see here, this is the email account that I have hooked up to my SNS. I'm getting notifications left and right about what's happening. And so you can see the non-compliant resources up there. There we go. All right. So if we go back to config, we can click on this, and it will actually give us a list of resources that it's working through. And we can see that administrator group um, I can let you know that Alice and Bob actually are in the administrator group, so that makes sense. They are all non-compliant. And then you can scroll down your list and see other policies in the account roles, application security role is also compliant as well. All right, so that's our first use case. Um, I do want to call out that Casey is not compliant, and maybe we should do something about that. So we will trigger a change. So I'm going to go to Casey and figure out why that's not the case. So here's Casey. And, oh, look, Casey has I am full access. This was the same thing that our command line told us. We didn't change it then. So I am actually going to remove this policy. I'll detach it from Casey. I do not want Casey to have I am access. And um, config will pick up that change. We'll check back on it later, and hopefully you'll have um, he will be compliant. All right. So that's one use case. We got two more. They'll go quick. All right. Validate critical resources. So this is where you have to specify a resource. So we have actions, S3 get object. Can Casey get objects from this bucket? And then a bucket arm. Those are the resources we have to pass into our simulation. Everything else remains the same. Remember when I talk about those resource-based policies, those bucket policies, that I'm sure all of you security folks out there have had to track down some sort of bucket policy? We're going to go grab it. And then we're going to put it into Simulate principle policy, bucket policy. If, the, if there is a bucket policy, we'll simulate it with a bucket policy. And we're also going to scope it down to the type of user. Roles gets a little bit complicated with bucket policies because um, you have to filter out the assumed role. Um, so if it has a bucket policy, we'll add it if you see the resource policy in there. And then second, we will, if it doesn't have a bucket policy, we'll just simulate it with the bucket ARN. All right. Everything else remains the same. Same thing with simulate policy. We're going to get the policy. With managed policy, because you're only testing that entity, you will not simulate, you will not pass in a bucket policy. That doesn't make sense. Both of these, 
Managed policies are attached to entities and resource policies are attached to resources. You're just simulating that one policy. So we just pass in our bucket arm. Same thing, we'll run the simulation. I added one new support function, get bucket policy. I'll show it to you in a second. All right, let's demo. This time, we don't have to create the role, so it'll be a little faster. Let's just walk through the critical resources Lambda function here, it's the same thing. Everything's coordinating. If it's a user, if it's a role, if it's a group, it's all the same coordination. The only difference we have is this bucket policy. If you're simulating a resource that doesn't have a resource-based policy, you can just wipe all this clean and not worry about it. Maybe an EC2 instance, for example. Um, and then just down here, I'll show you Sorry for my crazy scrolling. Um, bu get bucket policy. We create an S3 client and we call get bucket policy. Fairly straightforward. All right. So we're going to go create another Lambda function. You all know how to do this now. So here we go. You should walk me through it. Um, we'll create a blank function once again. Hook up config later. All right, here is, let's get our name and our nice little description. It's every good DevOps person loves descriptions. Okay, Python again. Sorry, I actually learned like Python. Okay, there we go. We already walked through. Oh, look, we use the same role. You can have an individual one per each if you choose. Add that to 30 seconds, and then hit next. Validate some stuff and create the function. Okay, what's next? I heard config. Y'all need to be louder. It's Vegas. Um, all right, so we'll go into rules. We're going to go add a rule, custom rule. We will put in our name again, critical resources policy validation. We'll put in our description. Lambda function, we need the R in upper right-hand corner. Don't forget it. There you go. And we'll do config change again. And I'm going to do all the IM resources. If you only care about roles or users, you don't have to do all of them. I would recommend that you do do policies. And we'll click Save, and it will begin evaluating. OK. Once again, we can go look at CloudWatch, but you all know the drill. And we'll also get it from there. Um, so when it goes and evaluates, let's see if it has gone through Casey yet. It's evaluating currently. There we go. Need some time, obviously. Let's see if Casey changed yet. Casey's still non-compliant. We'll have to keep looking at that one. All right. Oh, look. Here we go. Doo -doo -doo. Critical resources. 10 non-compliant. So I don't know if you noticed before, 
But when I looked at Casey, I gave Casey S3 full access. Well, that's interesting because Casey is marked as compliant if you look in my config. I'm going a little rogue here. Let's go down to Casey. Oh. Do, do, do. There's Casey. Casey's compliant when we're looking at critical resources. Well, turns out there's a bucket policy that denies Casey access. We really don't want Casey getting in the HR bucket, especially since Casey likes to go out in Vegas. So that brought those two together. Those two policies work together to control access to, an, to somebody. And so Casey's actually compliant because somebody, a very smart someone, put a bucket policy on our HR bucket. Casey cannot find out my salary. That's nice. All right. One more left. Restricted regions. So I am allowing developers to launch instances in EC2. I'm restricting it to the West. West Coast, Best Coast, anybody? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I see some hands. I grew up on the East Coast, but that's fine. I love the West Coast. All right, so this is the policy that allows people to describe the instances and only launch instances on in using US West 1 or US West 2. I also granted uh, access to pass role. This is for our mobile app. And then finally, to list the roles that you can uh, use when you're walking through the console. All right, that's one thing. Let's look at the code. Those. Oh, keep in mind, context key and value. Context key is on the left. The value is on the right. You need this information when you pass it into the simulator. Here we go. Action, run instances. Context key name is EC2 region. The value that we are going to say we don't want people is the East Coast. I apologize, anybody who's from the East Coast. Love it, great bagels, but we don't want people launching instances there. This list can be however many that you want it to be. Next, all we have to do is for each context. So we're actually going to simulate per context key value. Um, and if any one are true, then we will say that it's non-compliant. So you can see my for statement at the at, above this, and then for each context key value, we'll create a context and pass it into simulate principle policy. Everything else remains the same. Policy is the same thing. Simulate principle policy, make the context, call simulate custom policy, and all the evaluation logic stays the same. Oh, got a demo first. So one more. And then we'll go back and look at, did Casey get updated? All right, we're going to create Lambda function. Here we go, last one. I'm not going to go through this because the only thing that changed was the context, which we walked through in the slide. Everything else remains the same. Just calling out, if you have a condition in your policy, you have to pass in these contexts. Okay, here we go. Uh, we are going to create a blank function. Next, I'm going to go quicker because y'all have seen this twice. Here we go. 
Validation. Nice little description. Python. We'll get this. Doop, doop. This one's at 159 lines, so. Use our existing role, which we so gracefully granted permissions to, and then we'll hit next. All right, validate and create the function. Y'all know what's up next. We're going to create a config rule. Do, do, do. Add a rule, add a custom rule. Give it a name here. Here we go. Give it a little, my cheat sheet's getting to the end. Here we go. All right, description, R in value, up right corner. You can also generate these if you're doing all of this programmatically. We're gonna do it based off of a configuration change, so it'll always be looking at our account. I am group pol group, policy, role, user, and done. So it'll start evaluating as well. Once again, we can go to CloudWatch and look at that. I did want to see if I can show you all the bucket policy. Oops, I'll go to logs here. Hmm, this might be take a while. Ah, so you can see on our last one with critical resources, the bucket policy actually popped up because we went and got it, and it did go into the evaluation. All right, let's see if Casey's powerful actions have changed. Oh, he's still not compliant. Have to wait for that. You can um, actually reevaluate if you need to. All right, and we'll go through the rules. Here, EC2, policy validation, and we'll see who's there and who's compliant and who's not. Um, kind of interesting to actually look at a policy with this one. See if it pops up here in a second. There is a policy that grants access, the one I showed you, EC2 um, run west. It's compliant because it didn't give it access to the east. All right. So we have everything running. You'll get notification if anything changes. So let's do a little recap. So we checked multiple powerful actions. We checked actions on a critical resource. So this could be a bucket. This could be an instance. It could be a glacier vault. Whatever you deem as critical. And then we checked actions with context keys. So if you have policies with conditions, this is what you'll need to put into action. What else is possible? You probably all are already thinking of ideas because you're very smart. So you could just change it not to be a configuration change, but to run every 24 hours. You can invoke a reactive action um, if something is non-compliant. Maybe you know that Casey doesn't want or need certain access, slap a deny policy on there when he goes non-compliant for some reason. Or delete a user that you don't think needs to be there. You can make any action. The Lambda function is yours to customize. You can include a whitelist of entities that you deem trusted. So the Alice and Bob in your application, 
you can include them in that list. Maybe use a Dynamo table to read from it. And finally, you can parse your policies. So if you want to make sure a certain key is included, if you want to make sure a certain bucket is included, go ahead and parse the policies. I'll be at the security booth tomorrow. Um, come stop by, share your ideas, talk about them. I would love to hear them. It's always interesting to see what customers come up with. All right, a couple more things before I let you go. Additional resources. Two things that helped, that helped me uh, in the config documentation when I was going through this. The supported resources, the configuration items and relationships that config works off of, very helpful. And the configuration item is all the inputs that config gives to Lambda. So if you need more information, you can get it from config. You can also call the APIs themselves. And I know most of you run more than one account. So you probably want to know how to centrally manage your config rules. I would definitely take a look at this blog post. It was written by one of my amazing coworkers. Um, this will help you if you're talking about multiple accounts, because I know it's a very common use case. You may want to get the code. So I'm going to leave this up here. Um, these slides will be available. Yes, please take a picture. That's the best idea. I'm like, what are they going to write them down? Um, these slides will be available next week. They will be hyperlinks. You'll be able to get them. However, if you want them now, maybe instead of going to play blackjack, you've decided to go and write some Lambda functions. Um, you can do that tonight instead. That would be fun. All right, I'm like seeing like three more cameras go up. Somebody can post it on Twitter. All right, and finally, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to reInvent. Thank you for using AWS. I really appreciate it. All of us do. And I hope you enjoy yourself this next week. One last thing. Please remember to complete your evaluations. It's how we improve. It's how we know what to share with you, what to talk to you about. It's how we get better. So please, please, please do your evaluations. Thank you.